cowbell. This is the NBA on NBC. That, in, that intro will never get old. Never get old. <laughs> that's the that's the greatest intro ever. Um, welcome back. This is Heat Check with Brandon and Greg, the world's only and first coast to coast news show. That's right. <laughs> never been done before, as you can see. You see water on both screens because we see water from our houses, so it only is only right. Uh, we took a break last week. You know, we wanted to make sure this was right. And uh, I think we got something good for you. As promised, we have our NBA awards for the 1920 season. Now, I guess I'll start by asking, do you think if they don't finish the season, they can actually give out any awards? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I don't think that they're going to end up – because there, there was talk about, like, awarding a champion, but I think that was just made up That's by, out. like, Twitter trolls, yeah. Um, but in terms of like the rest of the awards, I see no issue with giving out MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't see why awards wouldn't be given out short of championships. But yeah, we'll see. If you award a champion, do that mean you have to give like a Finals MVP? Probably the simulation. The two, the two K simulation of the Finals MVP yeah. is nasty. I don't like that. Um. All right, well, let's get right into it. Um, let's start with Rookie of the Year. Um, I guess I'll preface this by saying that we both filled all of these awards out separately. And 99% of the awards were the exact same, so it's, which is pretty funny. Um, so our Rookie of the Year went to Ja Morant. Um, I think this one was pretty clear cut. I think uh, Kendrick Nunn mentioned that he maybe should be in this conversation Tyler Hero did too. I'm not mad um, at Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero, I, I think, yeah, probably no, I, second place, but probably, obviously, like with the shortened season um, or shortened Zion season, I guess we didn't really get the full picture. I think, obviously, had full had uh, Zion had a full season, I think that we probably both would have been in favor of of Zion for Rookie of the Year. Um, but you know, honestly, if Tyler Hero didn't get hurt, who knows if you know down the stretch he outplays John Morant. Um, but yeah, I think at this point it's, it's pretty obvious it's John Morant. So more of a surprise heat being, I think they're the three or four seed or the Grizzlies being the eight seed. Cause the heat weren't expected to be this good. Like they, they, they exceed expectations no, as no, well, but they got Jimmy Butler. So I I'd say, I'd say the Grizzlies just cause they're so young. Um, and they play in the West, which is obviously like, it's a tough, it's a tough, tough conference. So, uh, I'd say probably the Grizz, but yeah. I hope the fans can see your face when I was proposing that question, just how, how disrespectful you are. Yeah, that was a very heat. valid question. You were ready. You thought like so much spice was coming and nothing. It was very mild. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Well, then from there, let's go to uh, who do you have for most improved? Uh, most improved, I had Bam um, out of bio. Uh, I just think that he actually is like one of the, I think we've already touched about it earlier and uh, or touched on it earlier in a couple episodes ago, maybe. Um, but like, obviously Jimmy Butler was a huge part of the heat success, but I think that the rise of Bam like was what made them the team as, or made them the team that they are and like made them competitive as competitive as they did is having that dominant inside big man. I don't think anybody saw 
um, Bam really becoming the dominant big man that he is, right? Like before the season, if you were to ask who's the, who are the, you know, best big men in the league, Bam Adebayo just would not have been in that conversation. But I think now he certainly put himself there, at least for this year. Yeah. But. I think, uh, Especially what he was able to do defensively, it was incredible the jump that he made. Yeah. Probably more so than his offensive game. Um, but when you look at how he was guarding, he was switching out on guards. And when he guards James Harden, Harden's percentages were low. When he guarded Giannis, Giannis' percentages were really low. So um, he just being and having a big man that could be that versatile of a defender and be a rim protector for you is just so vital. Um especially when you have another premier defender in, in Butler. Um, yeah, for sure. Now you have two kind of lockdown guys on your team. It allows you to hide and uh, maybe hide certain players when, you know, the matchups aren't favorable. Um, obviously, they bring in Iguodala as well, who's known for his defense, if nothing else, um, at this point in his career. So, um, you know, you just makes them really formidable, and I think they were kind of poised for a little bit of a run. So sure. I agree there. So our most improved player, Bam Adebayo. From there, let's go to uh, let's go to executive of the year. Um, here we also agree. We both went Sam Presti. I think for no other reason of maybe just Chris Paul. Um, they I definitely won that trade for, the, for sure. Getting yeah, uh, I just say for getting themselves in the situation that they are right. Like obviously, it comes down to the players, but. I think he did a really good job of bringing in the talent needed and the kind of attitude needed to take a team. Like the Thunder have a really good record and they're sitting, you know, comfortably in the playoffs at this point. And the fact that that roster is doing that, if you were to say that same thing last year with the exits of Paul George and Russell Westbrook, like it's a pretty impressive job. I think that also like obviously Steve Ballmer um, kind of gets a shout as well. Um, for making the Clippers what they were, but, or what they are. Um, but I do think that um, for sure, Sam Presti, the job that he did with Oklahoma city is, is really impressive. I would give the nod to Sam Presti here because I think that Balmer's additions are a little bit more obvious into making a great team. Yeah. Yeah. Like you add Kawhi and Paul George, you're adding to the top right. 10, 15 players in the league. So right. you're going to, you're probably going to get better in that sense. Obviously, Hopefully uh, that didn't work adding Paul George necessarily for the Thunder. But um, yeah, I think that they, they probably ended up winning that trade. They're in the seventh seed. Um, nobody really saw them being in a position that they're in and being in the playoffs. And they're definitely one of the surprises of the season. And I think credit goes to Pressy when you lose. I mean, if you go over the last two, three years, they've lost or uh, let's go even farther. Let's go last like six years. They've lost Kevin Durant. They've lost Serge Ibaka. They've lost James Harden. They've lost. I he might be long in six years, but they lost Paul George, Russell Westbrook. Like, yeah, for them to still be a relevant team in any fashion is wildly incredible. impressive, especially at this point too. Yeah, like it has It's not like it's been, you know, it's not like it's been a full rebuild because no. they haven't had it right. Like this, this is supposed to be their rebuild, and the fact that they're um at the point that they are like maybe it's you know in the future we look back and maybe it's to the to the detriment of them like because um you know they're, they're not going to be as high in the in the draft order obviously but um you know the fact that he has them this competitive is, is really impressive certainly yeah 
All right, well, then we'll kind of move down the ladder just a little bit, and we will go to Coach of the Year. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, so we both agreed on this one as well. Um, the fact that Toronto is um, as high as they are, even though it's the Eastern Conference and, yeah, it might not be as competitive, the fact that the Raptors lose <clears throat> lose Kawhi Leonard, get absolutely nothing in return, um, is really, really impressive considering that they're still, I think, at this point, second in the East. Um so, yeah, I mean, I think this, obviously, like, Pascal Siakam, like, in, he improved his game quite a bit, and he grew, and Kyle Lowry has certainly, you know, done his part, but I think um, at a certain point, it does come down to the coaching um, of the team, so that's why we went with Nick Nurse. Yeah, they, they had a lot of injuries this year, too, which was yeah. interesting that they've been able to sustain. I mean, I know Lowry missed games, I know... Dan Fleet missed games. I know Siakam missed games. So they've kind of been injured top to bottom and they just kept it going. Um, yeah, I think so. I think a shout does out uh, a shout out does, you know, is deserved for Frank Vogel as well, just because obviously like the Lakers are supposed to be good, right? Because they had Anthony Davis or they had Anthony Davis, but um the fact that that team gelled that quickly um and is in the position that they are right now, uh, I mean it helps obviously when you have, you know, the best player in the world and you added an arguably top five. Maybe Ish. that's a conversation for another day, but you add a player of Anthony Davis's, you know, caliber, um, then obviously you're going to be good. Right. But yeah. the fact that they are as cohesive as a unit and as um, they've been playing as well as they have, I think certainly a nod to, to Frank Vogel. Yeah. I think uh, Palinka could maybe get a little bit of a nod here too, for that roster organization as well um they did a really good job of getting some supplementary pieces for Braun and them but yeah they're still not that good when Braun goes off the floor so um I think a lot of that credit goes to just how great LeBron is and so I know you can't speak enough about him so but we're not that type of show so we're gonna keep it pushing um Let's go to Defensive Player of the Year because I think this one is going to surprise a lot of people with the direction that we went. Um, obviously, this one we didn't agree on, but we decided on your pick. So why don't you give us a little bit more information for the casual fan that might not have seen our pick. Yeah, so like obviously I'm a Celtics fan, uh, but I think uh, I can even take bias out of it and say Marcus Smart's a Defensive Player of the Year. Um, he guarded all five positions all year long. Um, and I think was really, really effective, especially, you know, even though the Celtics don't have a huge, uh, you know, their, their big men is not the focal point of that team or really even a strong part of that team. And I think uh, defensively that could have really impacted them, but Marcus smart switches on everything. Um, and uh, it, it doesn't matter, you know, size position, place on the floor that the players are playing um, if the, you know, if they needed a, a defender to go to somebody in particular, like he was their, you know, specialized defender. And I think that he certainly proved himself um, over the course, like you have a guard at that size guarding big men. It's, it's tough to not as, as effectively as he was, it's kind of tough to not um, give him the nod really. Yeah. I think this is one of those awards that we just kind of lean towards the center um, and we just, Love to give this to rim protectors. You got Gobert, right? You got Giannis, obviously, is a defensive threat. Um, Anthony Davis. Bam, like you said, Bam's fantastic as well. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like this one because I think it's it's it speaks to 
someone's individual defensive efforts more so than I think some of the other picks can, right? Because it's like those are more obvious picks. Those are people like Gobert is one defensive player of the year already. Um, and players like Kawhi, when you have guards, I think it's very difficult for a guard to win defensive player of the year. I want to say it's only happened once. But I didn't fact check that. And the only reason I say that because I think it's Gary Payton. Jordan won it. Uh, I guess I was thinking point guard. Never mind. Oh, yeah. Scratch um, that. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't remember point guards winning in the but, last year. Certainly know, recent memory. It's always yeah. it's, it's gone to, you know, a big man. So, again, I think that when you have a guard that, like you said, can switch to all five positions, like, I think you have to reward that. And so we did. Yep, for sure. All right. Uh, this one's probably going to be the biggest shocker. Uh, but for MVP, we went with, uh, with Giannis. Yeah. I mean, best player on the best team right now. Um, I think LeBron gets, I think LeBron should get a lot of, of credit and looks, but I think that recency bias is also playing into it. Cause LeBron at the end of the, um, you know, right before the lockout, uh, was or not the lockout, but the, the pause. Uh, was playing really, really well, and the Lakers were clicking on all cylinders. Um, and I think that it just – you can't really discredit Giannis for what he's done to this point. And the Bucs are the best team, and he is certainly the best player on that team, and that's kind of the metric that has been used over the last few years. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think giving it to Brian would have been giving it to Dame when he had that silly six-game stretch that he went yeah. on before he got hurt. So, yeah. um, LeBron obviously is great. LeBron obviously is probably deserving of more than just four MVPs. Unfortunately for him, I think that if you look at a shortened season, especially, there's just not enough to catch Giannis. I think he might have had a, an outside shot if they could have got to the best record somehow. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think it would just take away from what Giannis is doing. He's been incredible all season. He's arguably could be the defensive player of the year as well, whereas I don't think you could throw Braun into that category just because he doesn't necessarily prioritize that at this point in his career. Um, so that is that. Um, and now let's move to uh, a moment of the year. So this for us was a moment that just kind of stood out and that I think will be – one of the more memorable moments and something that people will look back at as potentially a turning point for the league in terms of uh, this this time. So for moment of the, of the year, we went with the All-Star game. I did the All-Star game. Greg went with the fourth quarter. Um, but, yeah, this, uh, this potentially saved the All-Star game. For sure. I mean, if you look at, like, if you listen to the players and if you watch the game um, – it was just played at another level that we haven't seen in all-star games, at least recently. Um, certainly that I haven't seen, uh, right. Cause past years, it's just been running up the score as much as possible, like letting players shoot um, just like fun dunks, which is fun, but um, it's just kind of fun. Like it, seeing, you know, the, the rules that were implemented obviously to honor Kobe, right. Like seeing those rules implemented. And then you just saw like these, 
you know, the best players in the game, they're um, kind of their competitive edge flip. And all of a sudden it turned into like, we need to win this game. Giannis was um, playing hard the whole game. Like Giannis. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, but just that, that fourth, like defense, like hard defense is being played. It was team bat. Like it was, it was really fun to watch. Um, yeah. So I think, and I think they liked it so much that they're talking about like keeping that as a, Oh. As a thing moving forward, which I absolutely think they should. They would be crazy not to do that again. They'd be crazy not to do it. No commercials in the fourth. And I think it was like almost an hour of just like straight like game time with no cuts. Yeah. That's what you want. And you're sitting at home and you're enjoying a game. And, and to be honest with you, when you go to these games too, like when you have these commercial breaks, the commercial breaks are fine when you're at home. But when you're at the game, the commercial breaks seem like they take forever. So oh, yeah, for I'm sure, sure yeah. that even the environment and being in the building there, it was just that much more oh, electric. Yeah. It had to have been electric, right? Yes. Like, so yeah. um, shout out to them. I think the runner-up here is Zion's debut. Um, he went nuts in his debut. I think we watched this at Buffalo Wild Wings, and we left after the third quarter, and then he hits like 17 threes in a row, and they come back and make it a game. So um just really unfortunate that he got hurt at the beginning of the year and then also being on the minutes restriction early because I think he had a real chance to win that game for them. And, uh, you know, obviously he couldn't finish the game because of the minutes restriction. So even though he hit four threes in a row um, and was clearly hot and they had all the momentum, you kind of had to you had to take the wind out of their sails by bringing them out. So tough one there. But, um, yeah. So I want to just go back just a second. Uh, I fact check Gary Payton is the only point guard to win defensive play of the year. So shout out to Gary Payton. Uh, if you're listening, we would love to have you on. No, you wouldn't love to have him on? Dang. No respect. If he wants to come on, he's, he's welcome anytime. <laughs> You'd skip your morning golf if Gary Payton is coming on? Sure. All right. Good to know. Um. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go. First team, all heat, all heat. First team. I forget what I called it. First team, all. Uh, all NBA. Who do you have? Yeah, we had um, <clears throat> Braun, Giannis, Harden, um, Damian Lillard, and uh, Nikola Jokic. Um, I think the first two are really self-explanatory, right? Like Braun and Giannis. Um, Harden was averaging thirty-six. I think. I think he's um, down to thirty-four point four. Slacking. Um, and then Damian Lillard, I think, has probably been the best point guard this year. Um, yep. I don't really – I mean, aside from LeBron James, I guess. Um, and then Jokic, I think, has been the best center, like pure center in, in the league. So, um, I think it's – and he the way he was playing also, once he dropped those pounds, um, I think he was like – he was certainly um, kind of bringing the nuggets wherever he was going. So, um, yeah, I think, I, think that's, I think that's the first team. I got to see him over the summer, Jokic, that is, and um, he looks like sometimes he's just uninterested in playing basketball, and so that's his biggest uh, Yeah, it's thing. his demeanor, but, like, I don't know. It's, it's not like he actually is, right? Like, this, it's just his demeanor. In this um, game specifically, he didn't score until the third quarter. So Yeah, he was Yeah, he was, it was like a fifth-place game, so. Yeah. I'm sure it wasn't a top priority for him. Um, all right, I'll go second team. We went with Kawhi. Rudy Gobert, Anthony Davis, Luka Doncic, Bam Adebayo. Bam getting second team nod, so I think that uh, that just kind of speaks to what we mentioned earlier with him getting most improved and 
and how much he jumped this season. And uh, I think if you take away some of the the poor stretches of play that the Heat had, where they were losing to some bad teams, um, and they weren't really playing well after the All-Star break as well. Once Jimmy went down, I think they just kind of stopped. Their edge kind of dropped. Yeah, and then uh, Tyler Hero got hurt as well. Yep. So I think, you know, that stretch actually hurt him. I think, you know, he... If you if you eliminate some of that and maybe avoid those injuries, I think he's in running for first team somewhere. It's probably between him and Jokic, like whether they flip flop or not. But you know, they got hurt and they lost those games. So second team it is. You disagree? I yeah, wholeheartedly. That's all right. No, no, no. You gotta go a little more. I mean, do, I just don't. You don't think, think if that, they were like. like I think Bam Adebayo is a great player, but I, I just don't think that he – I think of the second-team players, I don't think he's the first, second, or third one that would jump into the first team. I don't well, think he's – Luca's first, but he's not passing Braun or Luka, Harden. AD, or Kawhi. Like, it's, it's a toss-up well, between the three. I was just thinking that if you go in big man, replacing a big man. Then I would still dig Anthony Davis over Bam in a heartbeat. But that's just me. What if the Heat were were second in the East and had the second best record in the league? Do not care. All right, you just hating now. Uh, all right, give us your third team. Uh, third team. Uh, shout out Jason Tatum. Um, uh, so Tatum, Jimmy Butler, um, Chris Paul, um, Trey Young, and then Joel Embiid were were my five. Um, for third team, I think. Trey Young is honestly could have snuck into the second team um, if the Hawks weren't as terrible as they are, um, but they don't have a great record. Um, and, you know, I think that they're definitely, you know, playing for the future at this point. Um, but I do think that Trey Young is one of the best guards in the league. Um, Chris Paul, I mean, his numbers might not be as insane, but the fact that he's got the thunder to where they are really, like, I think that's certainly, um, warranted an, or a third team all nba would be um warranted for chris paul at this point who's better chris paul or trey young right now different players who would you take on if kimba goes down and you have to get one of those two who are you taking chris paul probably okay that's the right answer right. this is gonna be the only year i'm gonna give trey young a pass for not playing any defense <laughs> All right, if he's listening, he he won't get a, he, he won't get a pass from Brandon next year. He won't. He's not getting on the the too hot to handle thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> dang. Did you did you watch wrestling as a kid? No. Oh, dang it. All right, never mind. The reference would be lost on you. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've gone through all of our mainstream awards. Now we're going with our heat check specific awards. So I'm gonna start with heating up. This is five players that are under 25 that we want you to watch out for uh, in the next season. So, um, we've mentioned Bam a bunch. Bam is going to get on this list. Um, Easy. Um, As a Celtics fan, you know, we couldn't get out here without putting Tatum on there. But, you know, he just barely made it. 
I'm just kidding. He's he's really good. <laughs> Is he the best player on the Celtics? Um, we mentioned OKC with Sam Presti and, and Shai Gillis Alexander. He's nice. Like I got to see him live in, uh, yeah. when he, they played the Nets and yeah, like his game is just so smooth. He's legit. He's legit. And I think because yeah, he, he, he was with the Clippers before. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's, I think that being able to get Shay in that, in that deal from Paul George, like, I think that was massive. Um, and he was, you know, a budding, I don't want to say star, but he was certainly a budding young, you know, talented player that had potential with the Clippers. And I think that he's just kind of developed upon that. And I think that, you know, the next step for this Thunder team would be kind of Chris Paul almost starting to let Shea Gilgus Alexander kind of take the, take the reins, but we'll see what happens. I mean, Chris Paul's like what, $40 million next year. So like. Like that, yeah. You gonna give the reins to somebody else? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I mean, I think that he's got to. I mean, obviously, Chris Paul knows that he's not in the prime of his career anymore. So, right. I think he showed some good leadership, which I think that people started to think that he might not have had. Um, he kind of got a bad rap um, over the past couple of years. Yeah. So, um, I think, I think this. Uh, this quarantine period has actually done him a little good reputation wise as well with him. Getting, yeah. With him getting on the lives with different people and like staff yeah. and yeah, and things like that. And, sure. and Dwayne Wade. So, um, I know he mentioned that like he didn't realize what he had with Blake Griffin until kind of afterwards. And he respects Blake Griffin's game a little bit more now. So I think he's, uh, he's doing a little, little damage control. Um, but I think it started with just letting him letting his game talk for him, so that's good. Yeah, for sure. Because I really liked him when he was on the Hornets, and I didn't like him on the Clippers. Um, moving forward, um, we had Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball uh, really seemed to start to find his game with the Lakers. He played 99 games and had 993 points, 631 assists, 611 rebounds, and five 20-point games. In 56 games this year with the Pelicans, 695 points, 392 assists, 348 rebounds. And he had seven 20-point games. In March, he was averaging 20.8, 7.8 rebounds, and 7.8 assists, shooting 51% from three. So um, he seemed to really figure it out. And him and Giannis is a, a lot of fun to watch. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter who it is. When you're throwing full-court alley-oops, like, it's just entertaining. Like, Yeah, him and Zion. Yeah, it's going to be... I think of the players currently that the Pelicans have, I think that he is the one, like Lazo is the one that's going to be, uh, I don't want to say damaged, but like it's going to, I don't think that his numbers are going to take as much of a hit um, as maybe like Brandon Ingram's um, yeah. from, you know, Zion being there. So I think that those two just, their games kind of complement each other. Um, and it helps when you can just kind of throw it anywhere near the rim. Which will be, which will be interesting because Lonzo has one more year left on his deal. So um, obviously they're, Going to be forced to pay Ingram, who yeah, is the David Griffin has some decisions to make for sure. Uh, Ingram is the fifth player on our list as well, and he took a, a pretty big jump this year. Um, obviously, you know, not being under LeBron anymore allowed him to really grow and, and kind I think of take getting off. out of the LA, yeah, the LA spotlight as well. Um, so that was good. Um, for him, so yeah, like the Pelicans, yeah, that you probably have to pay Ingram and then. 
I think Lonzo works so well with Zion that you probably have to overpay Lonzo a little bit yeah. as well. So hopefully they don't get too struck. But we'll get yeah, back to Zion. On that list as well. Um, we left Trey Young, Zion Williamson, and Luka Doncic out um, just because, like, that would be kind of boring. So yeah, that's Tatum is probably in that category as well. But he's close to it. Yeah, for sure. His that would be a little bit of recency bias as his kind of jump that he made where he was kind of going crazy was um, towards the end of the year. For towards sure. the end of the year, so we, yeah. we left him on. Um, next, we got hot on the spot. These are five players you want on the court in the last five minutes of the game. So, um, who are you not yeah, seven so, out of the All Star game? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this isn't like uh, necessarily like if you had a, a five, like a starting five out there, but it's just like five players that you want with the ball in their hands. Right. Yes. Um, yes. So we had, we had Braun Tatum, <clears throat> uh, Damian Lillard, Kawhi and Luca. Um, and I think, I don't really think much needs to be said on any of their parts. Like they've been, um, they've been, you know, just playing real well, especially at the end of the game. Like for a lot of them, that's when their time to shine is. Um, so yeah, and, and they've all closed out games, uh, a number of games this year, uh, pretty yeah. much on their own. So, Kawhi and Tatum, yeah. your mid-range killers, Luka and LeBron, they kind of do it all. And you can ask Houston and the Thunder about Dame Lillard in the end of the game. Yeah, so, right. um, we'll keep it moving. Um, a little heat left. These are players 32 and older that prove that they aren't washed or as washed as the media portrayed them to be. And um, we went with the Banana Boat crew. So we got Chris Paul, LeBron, James, and Carmel Anthony. Um, yeah, um, I mean, I don't think anybody thought LeBron was particularly washed, but the fact that he is um, either a leading or, you know, the second MVP favorite, depending on who you ask, like at this point, age, you know, or year 17 it is, like that's wildly impressive. Um, and I think, you know, I, I don't think anybody expected him to quite be playing this well. Um, and then Chris Paul obviously kind of has resurrected his image um, and has proved that he is a winner as opposed to what people thought um, well, in Houston. He is proven that he is a dog. Um, yeah, he's, he's then, a dog. I don't know about a winner, but he's a dog for sure. I mean, yeah, but you know what I mean? Um, and then Melo, like Melo obviously isn't having as good a season as either of them, but you know, he was out of the league for a year, right? Like, yeah. In, um, and people thought he's been done for the last three years, maybe, uh, three, maybe four. So, um, the fact that he came back, earned a spot for the whole year, um, permanent contract, um, all of his trailblazer teammates talk about him really highly. I think that, um, Mello certainly has proven that he can still play at the top level. Yeah. He, he's, uh, he's been good. I, I'm so I'm really glad Portland picked him up because it, even if you thought he was done or he was washed, like he wasn't as bad as I think people were making him out to be. And he was better than some of the people that were getting picked up. And um, I think it was just more of a perception of this idea that he didn't want to come off the bench and yada, yada, yada. Um, So I'm glad to see that. And and he came back and he was playing really well for them. Um, Obviously that team kind of underperformed a little bit, but he was pretty consistent throughout the year. Him and Dame, they had some injuries to McCollum and all of their bigs. Nurkic is still not, never came back because the season ended, like, obviously. But, yeah. um, 
But yeah, they they were potentially going to be an eight seed, and that would have been a difficult out for the Lakers, I think. Uh, yeah, because Dame was going to eat up whoever they had a guard. Um, next we have uh, hot off the truck. So these are the best contracts in the NBA for teams based on how players are producing. Um, yeah, LeBron made the list again. He's the sixth highest player, highest paid player in the league. Um, and over the next two years, that he like drops in that position and. You know, if he, with him being second in the MVP and probably still the best player in the league, for him to be, you know, potentially follow the top ten in highest paid players at the end of this contract, I think. Crazy, yeah. That's a steal. Um, and then the next three, they're they're young guys, so you you know when you get a star or someone that can become a star on their rookie deal, I think on that, a rookie deal, yeah. that that's always beneficial and um, honestly is probably the best window for. Uh, the teams to build the best team around these players because obviously they deserve the money that they make and they deserve these max deals that they get. But if you get, you know, Tatum, Doncic, and Zion on rookie deals, you have a lot of money to then go spend on other players at that point. And that's probably some of the best teams that you can build around them without bringing, I mean, you bring in another superstar. Yeah. But you know, now you're kind of strapped for cash and you have, just to fill out with minimum guys. So, um, you know, they have Porzingis also with the Mavs and things like that. And Tatum has a nice team around him with Jalen Brown and, and Marcus Smart. And, dang, Gordon Hayward, I can't believe, is like the seventh person I think of when I think of the Celtics. But Seriously, yeah. Um, but, yeah, those three just, you know, I think already stars, if not superstars in the case of Donjit and probably Zion if – not probably honestly probably more, like if, if if not now six months from now then yeah like. yeah like it's 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 a lot of media superstardom at the moment but i mean do this box office for sure yeah and what was his streak of 20 point games i think it was like, i don't even remember the streak i just i i think he set the record <laughs> like 80 percent of the shots he either makes or gets his own rebound it's yeah, it's goofy that's a big boy. Like nobody enjoys guarding him. Anthony Davis, when they played the second time, was like, "Nah, I'm good. I'm load management." Right. <laughs> um. All right. Next, we have our hot seat. So this is the players with the most pressure to win the next two seasons. Uh. So I went with Giannis. I know Brandon put LeBron um as one of his, but uh, for me, it's really just Giannis because if he doesn't win. Like, let's say the Bucs finish again with the best regular season. And let's say they don't, for whatever reason, they don't get to the finals even. Like, that's a huge knock on, you know, we'll get to the coach in a second, but that's a huge knock on Giannis's reputation as, right, as well, right? Like, he can perform really well in the regular season. He's obviously, you know, seven foot, whatever he is, just monster truck. But he can't, you know, when, when teams start playing hard defense and don't let you in the paint, like, what can you do? So I think... Um, if Giannis doesn't win soon uh, or at least get to the finals, and I think his reputation's on the line um, and someone else's is, I think, kind of already on the line um, or maybe even past the line um, to an extent. But if James Harden doesn't win uh, with the Rockets, then I don't – I just don't think that he's looked at as nearly a good a player as he probably is. But, um, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, LeBron James is on here for a very different reason than Giannis for me. Um, it's just that in the next two years, you got year 18 and 19. And at some point, he can't be the best player in the league anymore. So, sure. you know, it's just, I mean, he's doing things that we've never seen done before this late in someone's career. Um, but it's just like, I think that if he can't win it and then, I mean, Anthony Davis can technically opt out of his contract this year. This year. So, yeah, in the case where Anthony Davis leaves, it's like, all right, now that, I mean, that probably relieves some of this pressure, but if Anthony Davis resigns, like, and you're on, you were as hot as you were this year, and, you know, we both think that they probably would have won, I think that there's just it's just pressure because you're going to run out of opportunities to continue See, to make the. Finals. I don't think I think he'd be under a lot more pressure if the season were to finish this year and he did and the Lakers didn't win. So let's say the Bucks won, let's say the Clippers won, the Celtics, whoever sure. whoever wins. If it's not the Lakers this year, then yeah, I think the next few years, if LeBron James has Anthony Davis, he resigns, um, and you know you have the organizational setup that the Lakers do right now, and you don't win, then yeah, I think the fact that you go to the Lakers, you know, and you want to cement your legacy and you're the one Laker great that hasn't won. I think that's an issue, but I think where the league is suspended this year, like I think that that takes LeBron's pressure, uh, not off, but like a little bit because they were, everybody kind of anticipated them to win, right? Like Trey young can't remember what he said it on, but he was essentially like, yeah, pretty much. I'd, I'd bet the house on the Lakers because nobody was stopping LeBron this year. Right. Like it was pretty widely, at least, I'm not going to say known, but it was it was widely anticipated that they would at the very least be In title contenders, like heavy title contenders. So, yeah. so a lot of people like myself, I thought the Lakers were winning for sure. So you have that kind of to fall back on if you're not LeBron James, but if you're like a LeBron James stan, I guess that you see this year as be like, well, we would have won. He would have won. It is what it is. Now he's in his 18th year. Like it's kind of tough to ask him to do the same thing. Kind of. So like, I think this pause in the season kind of, you know, depending on how it finishes out, obviously this is under the assumption that it doesn't finish, but if it does and they don't win, then maybe yeah, isn't is, uh, you know, the pressure he's under is, is increased, but I think that it honestly might've taken some pressure off. Yeah. I think uh, the only reason I didn't put Harden in there is because I think their team got worse this year. So I don't think that oh, I mean, anyone yeah. thought they were going to be a title it's just not a recipe for success. I wonder if they if they pick somebody up over the offseason. That would be interesting to see. Yeah, I think they have to. Yeah. All right, well, kind of going in that vein, let's go uh, coaches that need to win the next two seasons. Um, you went with Dan Tony. Um, I did so, go with Dan Tony, yeah, for sure. Speaking of the Rockets. Speaking of the Rockets, yeah. Mike. I think that um, just because, right, like the whole thing has been – you know, between the Rockets owner and Daryl Morey, um, the whole like three and, you know, threes and dunks, that whole play style, does it work? Does it work? Does it work? Does it work? And at some point, somebody's going to need to take the blame for it not working, right? It can't just be, well, the numbers, you know, statistics of it, it was highly unlikely that we missed 27 straight threes, right? Like it's, it's, I think it's just, somebody takes the blame. And I think if Dan Tony can't win the championship with the Rockets with a player like Harden 
And when he's been giving the supporting cast that he has been right, like he, they gave him Chris Paul, they gave him Russell Westbrook. If he can't win with that, and they took away Clint Capella, but if they can't win with that, then I think that he's kind of under pressure. Like he's going to start to face scrutiny. I think more so than, um, than more so than Daryl Morey at this point. I think that, yeah, I think Harden gets a pass because people don't like watching him. So like he doesn't get the same scrutiny, right? Because like, Think about Chris Paul. The knock on Chris Paul forever was that he couldn't make it to the conference finals. Like, he had never gotten to the conference finals. And they finally get there and they lose, right? So it's like that seemed to be knocking him, but that never was. I mean, I guess Harden. It's it's has, almost like it's almost like, like James Harden, right? Like, hit, the strengths he has and how he's utilized is almost certainly, not almost certainly, but like there's a strong assumption that the reason that they're not getting that far is because the way they play the way they do. Right. And like James Harden is utilized, but it's not like James Harden. Maybe he is, but like my guess is it's not like James Harden is saying I'm taking 55 shots a game. Nobody can stop me. It's like, there has to be some kind of encouragement or influence from the coaching staff that says, no, we're we're giving James Harden. And that's been like pretty widely documented that Dan Tony was brought in and his immediate thing was I'm making James Harden the point guard, similar to what he did with Nash and uh, he was going to use him similar to how he used Nash. And I just think that like James Harden almost gets a pass because of the system that he plays in, even though that's benefiting him. Yeah. I was going to so, say he goes into the game thinking I'm going to shoot 55 free throws. It's not, yeah. I'm, no shots. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I agree with that. Uh, the coach that I went with was whoever has to coach the Nets next. But we don't know who that is. So I'll go with Doc Rivers over uh, Budenholzer just because I think Kawhi has one more year under contract for sure. And same, I believe the same is true for Paul George. So they could both opt out after this next season. I think it's after next year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So after the next season, they could both opt out. And I think Kawhi has shown that he's going to go where he wants to go and he's going to do things on his timeline and this was the first season that we saw like Kawhi get physically upset with people and and really sh- like there was a I forget what the play was where he throws a bounce pass to somebody who should be getting a layup and the ball goes out of bounds because the guy had stopped and spread out to the three point line and he was like he threw a little like little fit on the court and so yeah um, and I think the Clippers to some extent went through periods where they kind of under performed for you know what they thought and what people thought or and expected of them so i think that you know if Kawhi decides like yeah this isn't working i'm going somewhere else um because they haven't won or they didn't make it to a championship i think that puts a lot of pressure on doc rivers um especially because he's a pretty good coach you know got the celtics one and yeah. he finally decided that he wasn't a good coach gm and so now he's just coaching and letting him do his thing so yeah I think that there is some form of pressure under um, or Doc Rivers is under some form of pressure, but I think um, kind of the Mike Budenholzer thing is really interesting as well, because um, if I remember correctly, he had the Hawks as the first seed in the East at one point. Um, yeah, when they had like Kyle Korver and, and Horford um, and all that. Yeah, Damari Carroll, I think, was on that team as well. Like, they yeah. had 
they they weren't a great to Al Horford. Like they weren't a great team, but they, they won were like the first, 65 games on the I think they were the best team in the East. Yeah. Um, and then he goes to Milwaukee, right? And once again, they're a dominant regular season team, but they couldn't make the adjustments last year in the playoffs. So if they can't do that again, then what does that say about Budenholzer as a coach, right? Um, yeah. especially with um, you know, Giannis free agency looming situation. We'll yeah, his pressure comes because he has Giannis, and Giannis is going to be a free agent. I think that's where more of his pressure comes his, from. His, I think it's clear he's a good coach. Can he convince Giannis that they can win with yeah, him at the helm? Exactly. Um, and so it's either that, or can they convince Giannis? And does Giannis want to stay? And then he gets fired, and they get somebody else, right? Yep. So I think his is kind of more directly tied to Giannis rather than his ability to kind of coach a team up. Um, and with that. I think that's a perfect transition to our next and final um, part of our hot seat segment here with star or superstar player most likely to leave and or be traded. Um, and no surprise here, we went with Giannis and Kawhi. Um, I think we both agreed on Giannis. I went with Kawhi, similar to what I just mentioned. You know, he can opt out after next season and, you know, go play with the Lakers if he wants or anyone else. So, um, I think he's shown with his, I mean, he was in a perfect situation in San Antonio, right? You're the guy they've, you know, let you run the team, you know, they've designed it around you and they didn't handle his injury correctly or how he wanted it to be. And so he left and went one championship with Toronto. So, um, I think, you know, if he's not happy and he wants to leave, then he's going to leave. He's proving that he'll go where he wants to go. Yeah. Yep. Um, kind of, I think uh, like Anthony Davis also is in this conversation, but I think that we're both under the same kind of assumption that he's not going anywhere, even though like there's talks about, Oh, does he go back to Chicago back home? Does, you know, I don't think he wants to play with Lori Markinen. Yeah. I just don't really see him leaving the situation that they're in right now. Um, him and Zach Levine I think could be nice. Had, I think if he had played this year and, he had seen like LeBron regress heavily. Um, then maybe he considers, but like, I just don't think you can leave the situation you're in right now. And they're, you know, they're going to give him, they're going to bring the bring truck. So um, I think we're both in the assumption that Anthony is not leaving. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't think he is either. Um, especially not to Chicago. <laughs> um, you know, but we'll see. Um, okay, next we got too hot to miss. This is our best player in the 2020 draft that should be taken number one no matter what. Um, we disagreed here and then agreed. So I think we both don't necessarily have a, a clear cut number one. Uh, I wanted to say like a Luka Doncic, but he didn't even go number one. He went like five. <laughs> oh, yeah, he went three and he got traded to five. Anyway. Um, but I think we came to a consensus on just kind of best upside and probably the most versatile to go to any team that would be drafting in that position. And we went with LaMelo Ball. Now, I am a, a big baller brand fan, um, but this was Greg's pick, so I'll let him do it. I'll let him talk it through. Yeah, so, like, uh, there are a couple of players in this draft that are um... – like considered to be upper echelon, right? Like Anthony Edwards is 
is uh, like he's talked about and James Wiseman's talked about, even though we saw like a small sample size um, and even like players like Therese Halliburton, like there, there are good players in this draft. Certainly um, to me though, like I don't see a clear cut number one of, of this draft. Um, there's no like slam, like last year, like Zion was a slam dunk. Right. And it's a little unprecedented because like Zion, obviously there hasn't been someone like him for, for a while. Um, but even still like this, like reminds me of drafts where there just hasn't been like a great, truly great player. And I could be proved wrong, but um, I think of those players that have, you know, played and that we've seen, I think LaMelo ball, like he's going to bring, you know, the revenue and just off name alone. And he's proven in a pro league. It's not the NBA, but he's, he's proven in a pro league that he can, you know, hoop. So, um, and the fact that he's so young and has shown so much growth in the last few years, like I think at this point, it's just, you know, you're going to get a playmaker um, who is, you know, proven his ability to handle the ball, score the ball, pretty much anything you ask for um, over New Zealand. So, yeah. Australia. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing about his game is that he's a playmaker and, you know, he's not afraid to shoot the ball. Um, so his shot selection could use work. But like you mentioned, like he's been playing uh, in the Pro League in Australia. Uh, you know, he went to a bad team for sure. But, you know, he had them in some games and, you know, he had a couple of triple doubles and, you know, he kind of took over some games late. So I think that, you know, when you're playing against men and adults, it's just different. Right. Like there's a different there's a jump from college to the NBA. And I think the jump for him is going to be a little bit smaller because he's gone to a pro league. And Australia is probably the second or third best league in the world. Uh, probably Spain is probably two. Um, so, he, was, he you know, he's not playing against, you know, scrubs. Um and then, you know, say what you will about his time in Lithuania, but that's also another professional league. And, you know, he, he was also 16. So. And he was 16, right? So um, he just has professional experience in across the world. He also showed up to the Drew League and was balling in the Drew League. Um, so and he's proven enough that he's legit. And at this age, I think that's kind of spooky. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's why we went with him. Um, yeah. I think uh, the Warriors will probably have the number one pick, and they're probably going to go Anthony Edwards. But they should go Lamelo Ball because he's got the heat check, too hot to miss stamp of approval. <laughs> you don't like it? You don't, Love it. You don't like our stamp? <laughs> stamp of approval. Um, okay, well, we'll, it, we'll wrap it up. This is a... Uh, this segment is meant is it will probably be better in in later years, but this one is our our lukewarm segment where we look at the top three picks and we kind of say like, oh, this is where they should have been drafted, or this is who should have been drafted in those positions. Um, however, this year the first two got it right. Uh, I think the Pelicans were one hundred percent right in taking Zion. Uh, I think John ja Morant is going to win Rookie of the Year, so definitely right at number two. Um, but the Knicks messed up, and you know I'm pro I'm sure they were still in shock of not getting that first pick and being able to get Zion, um, yeah. and so they just you know threw. But it's the Knicks, so they they threw. What can you expect? Just threw some at the wall and hope it stuck. Um, so they went with R.J. Barrett, who was 
okay, I guess. Um, I think he, to be fair to him, I think he's in kind of a tough spot because he's not, he's not a scorer or a playmaker in the sense that like Ja is right. Like Ja, when he has the ball, like he, he's going to create shots on his own. He's going to, you know, be electric and score on his own. And I think that like RJ Barrett has some of that, but I think he is also like just going to be, I'm not, I don't know that Ben Simmons is the right word, but like it's almost kind of like he's more that style where like it's he can do his thing, but it's his biggest strength and is, is his playmaking ability um, and getting other people involved. And I think that, you know, on the Knicks currently, like that's just not existent even a little bit. So I think that he kind of got a little bit of a raw deal. And I think that's one, like you said, like we'll see how it plays out in the end. But yeah, he, he I think. Uh, out of the three that we just mentioned, he obviously, I think he was the more uh, like need time to develop in the league player, and he was in the worst situation, and went to the worst situation. <laughs> um, so uh, again, this is another time where we just kind of agreed, which is so interesting when we when we just agree in the way that we did. Um, we said at number three, if they had to do it over again, they're taking Tyler Hero. Um, yeah. He's a dog. Uh, he's not afraid to take a big shot. I saw no. this man <laughs> catch a ball and run backwards to the three-point line to take a three, which is one of these, like, yeah, if you ever shoot this and miss, you're just getting cut on the spot. Like, don't even come to the locker room type deals, and he hit it. And so um, he's not afraid of the moment. And so you know, yeah, that's someone that you need Brandon in New York. Clark also deserves a shout-out, too, from the Grizzlies because, like, He's played really, really well as well, um, and he's been kind of complimented by job. But um, I think of rookies this year, he's certainly um, one of the one of the best as well. So, uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. But I think that Tyler Hero, like, I think if he, I think he's like perfect for Miami, like that. That's true. He's like he screams Miami. But him and Jimmy get along really well. I could, I could also see him, you know, in the New York spotlight. So he kind of has that, like, I, I have the NBA fashion deal too so that yeah. him in New York I think would be a good fit and you know you can never go wrong with shooters right who's the best shooter on the heat Duncan, Duncan or Robinson. or Tyler Duncan Robinson shout out Maine you're just saying that because he's from Maine also because I think he's got like the third most threes in the league he's legit, he's legit. no he, no, he can shoot he can shoot we saw it firsthand he can shoot yeah Went a little cold at the end of that game, but that's all right. That's about how you start. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's it for our award show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we're looking to, you know, find ways to continue to bring content. Yeah, hats off to you. Good job. Um, you know, this is the first ever Coast to Coast award show I've ever done. I never created or ever thought of. So, you know, we're really breaking <laughs> the boundaries of what we can do content wise for you guys. Um, okay. We're gonna we're gonna continue to try to bring you content. I know next week the the Jordan doc will end, so we'll definitely spend time giving our recap on that and and what we thought about it. Um, so you can expect that moving forward. And then, you know, if basketball doesn't come back in any shape or form, you know, maybe we'll give you the Bundesliga since that's coming back at the end of the month. <laughs> the range, you know. Um, but yeah, so that's a wrap. Uh, thanks again for listening. If you listen this far, thanks again for watching. If you watch this. Um, we appreciate you guys. We love it. We love doing it. So, uh, 
We'll see you next time. For sure, some trademark issues.